It's really amazing the effect that darkness, the absence of light, can have on a person. A man once told me a story about how darkness caused him to get lost on his own property. This man owned a 168-acre plot of woodland. He cleared out some trees in the center and built a house. And in his free time, he spent a few years cutting out paths throughout his entire property. And part of his routine of winding down every single day was to walk on those paths to clear his head. And he told me about one evening that he got done with dinner and he began walking out on one of these paths and decided he was going to explore some kind of uncharted territory on his property. And while he was walking around in the thick of the undergrowth, suddenly the sun set and the character of his own woods changed completely and looked completely different from anything he had seen there. And for a few hours, he kind of panicked as he tried to find his way back to his house. And around midnight, he decided he would be spending the night in the woods. So he leaned back against a tree and fell asleep. And it wasn't until the sun began rising and daylight began filtering through the branches and hitting his cheeks that he woke up and realized that he was only 150 feet from his house, but he never knew that because the darkness hid that from him. One of the pictures we get in the Bible of either sin or death or unbelief or the effects of sin is that of darkness itself. And I think sometimes our lives, they kind of feel like we've been going on the same path over and over and over again. We feel comfortable and suddenly darkness falls upon us because of some type of tragedy. And we have no idea what to do or where to go, and so we panic. That's really what had happened to the land of Israel in the 8th century B.C. For about 300 years, they had enjoyed the status of being God's own chosen people among all of the nations. You see, it had been God who had pulled them out of Egypt with an outstretched and mighty hand. It had been God who had swept the nations and the peoples out of the promised land and allowed them to settle there safely. It was God who fought their battles for them. It was God who provided for them. It was God who placed his own glorious presence among them in the tabernacle and later the temple, and things were looking bright and sunny, but suddenly darkness began to fall upon them. 
And it was because they had taken for granted everything that God had done for them in their life. Their worship life toward God was about as lively as that of zombies. Their loyalty to God was about as reliable as Benedict Arnold's loyalty to the Continental Army. And because they refused to take to heart God's warning through his prophets, his messengers, God sent in the Assyrian Empire to begin carrying them off into exile, and suddenly they panicked. They feared. They were afraid. Because they did not know how this had happened to them. And sometimes we feel the same fear and panic. We feel kind of the same type of darkness enshrouding us and surrounding us. And sometimes we'd have to admit it's it's because of our own mistakes, our own failure. When suddenly we, we find ourselves in financial stress because We didn't manage and track very carefully the possessions that God had given to us. Suddenly our relationships with our families and our close friends in Christ begin to deteriorate because we have not given them the time and attention that they require. Sometimes our outlook of of success in the classroom or at work is rather bleak because we haven't always applied ourselves and worked there wholeheartedly as if we are serving the Lord. And suddenly, like the Israelites, by our own doing, we feel this panic and, and this darkness coming in around us. And the question is, when, when we feel this happening to us, what do we do? Where do we go? Well, the prophet Isaiah, he told the Israelites what not to do as they were being carried off into exile, as they were feeling the punishment that God had laid upon them. He said, when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? He's warning against going to people who claim that they can communicate with the dead, who claim that they can tell the future, who claim that they can tap into nature and give some type of sign. He's saying, what good is that going to do? If you're going to speak with the dead, are they going to be able to tell you anything other than what anybody else on this world would be able to tell you? Why would, you, why would you not go to God who created heaven and earth, God who knows all things, God who sees all things, God who sees all of eternity, why would you not go to him? And it seems many of the Israelites, this was, this was their, their route, their, their choice of action when dark times had fallen upon them. And I think somewhere deep inside there, as a small living and a breathing Israelite who panics when suddenly the darkness surrounds us and instead of going to God, we turn to other methods to cope. 
The world often tells us to dig deep down into our own feelings and to find the answer there. The world is pushing on us that we need to become one with the universe and in so doing we will find some type of clarity. And there is always there among us the temptation to turn to superstitious methods, Ouija boards and psychics and horoscopes and astrology. The prophet Isaiah says if these people, if this stuff does not speak according to the word, they have no light of dawn. And so the prophet Isaiah continues to say, if this is the route you are going to go, if you are not going to turn to God, the creator of heaven and earth, this is what it's going to look like for any type of person who does that. He says, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. What he is saying when people shut God out of their lives and all these bad things begin happening, suddenly they begin to blame God and the threat of being thrust into the utter darkness of unbelief and death is ever-present. And so the prophet Isaiah is leading the Israelites to turn to the Lord in repentance. And he tells them this, even though they have been disloyal to their God, even though they are being carried off into exile, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. What the prophet Isaiah is saying here is really quite incredible. The light that he is talking about is Jesus. Jesus and God's love and His forgiveness. And it is just like the prophet Isaiah is over 700 years in the future right there with Jesus and among His disciples as Jesus preached, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Because the light of God's love promised in Jesus Christ was just as real 700 years before he came as when he came. For those who had been disloyal to their God, forgiveness and light and comfort and hope was there. And for you and me as well, as we turn to the Lord in repentance, the light of God's love is ever shining because on Mount Calvary, outside of Jerusalem, God's own Son, Jesus Christ, died to break the darkness of sin and to bring you into the light of His forgiveness, to give you the assurance of everlasting light and hope and glory in heaven. He gives us this promise of forgiveness in Jesus Christ so we turn to Him when things are dark. I worked with a man who 
happened to tell me another story about hiking at night. He was with his brothers and friends. They were going through some state forest, and suddenly he got separated from them. And as he cried out and shouted for their help, they did not hear him and they did not come back to him. But he saw something that would help him out. He saw a light in the distance and he began walking toward that light through the thickness of the undergrowth and through the woods until finally he arrived on someone's patio where they had the light on above the door and there inside he saw his brothers and friends waiting for him. His one hope when things seemed pretty bleak, pretty gloom, was to go toward the light. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when life gets dark, when life gets troubling, go to the light of God's Word. Because it's there that you will hear that God has a plan for you no matter how dark things might get. It is there that God promises you that His love for you will never run thin. It is there that God promises you and reassures you that even when the darkness falls upon you, you will see the light. And do not undermine what you have. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when it is dark, my prayer is that you would always go to God's Word. Amen.